Well, I want to give a shout out to my wife today. Delia, are you out there, baby? We've been married today 29 years. And it's all been good, let me tell you. And uh, it's been the best 29 years of her, I mean, my life that you could ever imagine. And uh, I want to thank her in front of you uh, for just being awesome and following Jesus, first of all, and then being willing to follow Jesus' call on my life in the different places we have served. It's been a story. Don't you love a story? I would, I have a hunch that every one of us loves a story. When I put these words together, I believe something happens in you. Once upon a time, <laughs> once upon a time, there's a couple of things that fire off with, within you. And one is that little boy or that little girl, whatever the case may be, wells up in you. They're ready to hear a story. They've heard stories You've heard stories, but that little boy in you, that little girl in you, wants to hear another one. And so when you hear the words, once upon a time, that little boy in you, that little girl, that child in you is ready to hear what comes next. There's another part of stories that I think are important for us, and one is in every good story, I say every good story, there is part of our story. You see, the wonderful thing for us is that we are living out a narrative. We're living out a storyline, and we invite God to write into that story His will. But no matter what our story is, when we hear a good story, the storyline, ours with that story can intersect at some point. Uh, Maybe you can identify with a character in a story. Maybe the protagonist, maybe the antagonist, I don't know. But we can identify with the characters in stories. And then there's something else. In every well-written story, in every well-constructed story, there's a twist. There's a way in which the writer of the story can sneak up on us and shine a light on truth where it would not have been identified if we had just simply said, hey, listen, I want to tell you something. It's, well, Tom Long, professor of homiletics and preaching at Candler School of Theology, says it well. He says, in every good parable, in every good parable, the tool that Jesus used in his storytelling, there's a trap door. And you don't really know when that trap door is going to happen. You enter into this simple, very beautiful front door experience into the parable. And then before long, you discover yourself, you discover the plot line, and you discover that door where truth becomes real to you through the power of the Holy Spirit, revealing that which you need to hear. And so I want us to reconstruct a story that comes out of Matthew 25, and Jesus tells it. It's been identified as a parable. It is a parable, and and we're going to read just a little bit of this, okay? Read it with me. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. 
all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or need clothing and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Let's stop there. Let's pray together. God, we do thank you for your story and the power of story. Let this story come alive for us. Help us not to be hidden from this story. Reveal in us where we are in the story. And then set us on a right path. Amen. We did not read all the text, but I'm going to break it down for you in a wonderful way. This has been called a a judgment text, a parable that gives us a picture of some of the principles and guidelines and events that will happen at that day of reckoning. And Jesus, the king in this case, is sitting on his throne, and he tells this story about the king, and he says, and all the angels were with him, and all the nations were before him, and he separated the sheep from the goats. And on his right-hand side were the sheep. On his left-hand side were the goats. Sorry, Anthony. And, uh, and as he separated the sheep from the goats, you heard it. It was an affirmation. When I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you invited me in. You were hospitable. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you visited me. When I was in prison... You came to me. And then the goats. I was thirsty. You gave me nothing. I was hungry. You didn't feed me. I was a stranger and you ignored me. I was naked and you watched me walk away with nothing. And I was in prison and you forgot about me. Now, the sheep, interestingly enough, were oblivious. Now, so were the goats, but they were oblivious. When, 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 you're, when were you thirsty? I mean, 
we, we helped provide a well in Africa in a small village, but we didn't see you there. We would have recognized that face. And, and, and you were hungry? What we served at making outreach. We provided soup, really a whole meal. We never saw you come through the line, Jesus. When were you naked? I mean, we left clothing at the landfill in Tijuana, Mexico. The team had left. There was clothing left behind. We didn't see you there in that pile of heap, of trash, where people live. We, we didn't see you. Uh, when, when were you sick? We support medical teams. And when were you in prison? We, we sent a team of folks affiliated with Kairos, and they said they went into the prison and met people, and God redeemed many of the lives there. But when were you there? We, we didn't spot you. And then there's, in the Scripture, a thunderclap. And he says, when you've done it to the least of these, you have done it unto me. Enter into your rest. An exclamation mark. When you've done it to the least of these, that was me. That was me. The beautiful thing, and here's that trap door, if you would, that twist, is they were clueless. That the image of Christ and the behavior and character of Christ was so embedded in their lives that compassion and generosity were just a way of life for them. They had no idea that they were serving Christ in who he was. It was just who they were. Do you get that? But the goats were oblivious too. Oh, <laughs> when, when were you thirsty? And when were you hungry? We, we never heard your stomach growl. Would somebody go to Five Guys and Fries and get Jesus something? Ah, uh, you've lost your appetite. Okay, I get that. Uh, we didn't know what size you wore. How were we to know to clothe you? And, and you were sick? Well... If we had known that, we would have sent one of our pastors. And, and, and you were in prison. Jesus, I didn't know you did time. What would you do? When you failed to do it to the least of these, you have failed me. Depart from me. You know what the difference was between the sheep and the goats? The difference, the sheep did acts of mercy. The goats did nothing but make excuses. But that wasn't my ministry. 
We as a church never voted for that. We didn't support that in the budget. That's why we didn't provide that. We saw your, you know, we, we have a sign out front. If we had known Jesus, you could have come to us. The difference is in what they did and did not do. And gang, I got to tell you, as part of my confession, it's easy for me to live in a beautiful home in North Macon. It's easy for me to be caught up in the trappings of a pastor in North America and drive my nice vehicle and live in a beautiful community and have my kids well-educated and have most everything taken care of. But I got to tell you, God is writing my storyline, and I believe that there's a twist in moments. There's a trap door when the Holy Spirit just lets out, and, and that light shines on who I am and who I am not for others. I remember 20... Five, 26 years ago, Delia and I uh, were the, we, I was the associate pastor here, and we had always gotten hand-me-down cars, which were great. You know, they didn't cost anything. Uh, mom and dad would, would give us cars. Uh, her mom and dad would give us cars. So they were pretty, pretty worn out when we got them, but, but they were, you know, they were okay. And, and so we had a monumental moment. We bought our brand-new first car for us. And, man, the smell of that thing on the inside was intoxicating. And, and and so we had this really nice car, but I, I I rode around in the rough one a good bit, and so I went downtown, and it wasn't as reliable. I was making a hospital call. Tim Bagwell's day was the day before. My hospital day was this day that I was uh, going downtown, and so I went in the parking garage and uh, went into the hospital and visited one of the members at Martha Bowman as, as the associate pastor. And I came back out and went into the parking garage, same one, I'm parking in the same spot now. It's really weird. And, uh, and, and get in my car, and the thing doesn't crank. Now, there's a guy next to me, and he has a car, but let's just say he has a different taste in cars. Uh, it was a Nova, like from the 70s. You remember those? And he had it jacked up in the back. It had kind of mag wheels. I think he was a little delayed from the 60s or something. And, and there was a fender that had been uh, kind of buffed down and sanded down, and the door on the right-hand side did not match the rest of the body of the car. And, uh, and I was kind of doing my judging in my mind, like, uh, who is this guy? I think I know. I think I got him pegged. And, and yet I was in need because my car wasn't cranking, and his was. And so I got out of my car, and I flagged him down, and uh, he threw his cigarette on the, on the ground, and I said, uh, hey, man, I said, uh, younger guy, I said, you know anything about cars? He said, I know a little bit. I said, well, good. I said, can you help me out? We tried to jump it off. It wouldn't crank. He did some of his magic and said, you've got some internal wiring issues here. You're going to have to get this looked at. And it was a um, stick shift, so we push-started it, you know, like popped the clutch and got it going. And I said, why are you here? And he said, I got to tell you, he said, uh, my girlfriend and I had a baby, and um, she's in drug rehab. And the baby's having major surgery tomorrow, and I've got to get to work, and we've got somebody sitting with the baby in the pediatric wing, in the kid's wing.
And I thought to myself, you know, I've got things to do. I've got ministry to do. I've got church members to attend to. I've got my own family to look after. But it was in that moment that the Lord helped me and got me outside of myself and I asked what the kid's name was and I said I tell you what I'll go visit him tomorrow let me get this to a mechanic oh he'll be here trust me he's having surgery later today he'll be here for a couple of days you know this kid You know what his name is? Jesus. In the parable, he said, when you've done it to the least of these, that's me. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the times that we've bumped into you and we've realized that you were embodied in the children who were in need. Forgive us, Lord, when we've bumped into you. I never really saw you nor your children in need. And so, Lord, we ask that you would make us like sheep where we're clueless in the sense that we live our lives for you so much that we have found you and we're unaware that we have entertained angels and served you. This is our prayer. As our praise team comes, as the worship team comes, right after this service, there are going to be ministry and mission groups at the foot of the stairs, right in front of the elevator in the gathering area. And I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to go down there and hear the story. Hear the story of how children beyond these walls who resemble the face of Jesus need our help. We'd love for you to sign up. You don't have to sign up for life. But just sign up for a little. Or maybe if you don't sign up today, you'll think about it. But let them know that you're praying for them. Because every day, they're running a mission a yard from the gate of hell. And they're making a difference. And we can partner with them. Will you do that?